Joanne of Castile didn't become known as Juana la Loca for her sound rule. Yet to what extent was this mad queen a victim of greed and betrayal? From rumors of her undead passion for her late beau to her iconic beef against nuns, the legend of this wickedly jealous ruler just won't die. This week on the podcast, the deranged story of Spain's mad queen. Hello and welcome to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. I'm Veronica. I'm Dancy. And this series has one goal, to make history fun. Because it turns out that when you take away the old words and the fancy titles, anyone who made history was probably a bit of a hot mess. <laughs> this week, as part of our series on our favorite queens in history, we're discussing Queen Joanna of Castile. She was whip smart, incredibly beautiful, and according to the history books, very mentally ill. Or was she? Did you know that men in history have a tendency to call women crazy when they're really just trying to find ways to make them go away? I did know that. So what happened with our girl Joanna? Was she truly Juana la Loca? Or were the men around her awful? Or why not both? Why not do it? <laughs> Let's find out together, kids. Queen Joanna was born in 1479 under a very dark star. Her mom and dad were Spanish rulers. Together, they united the territories of Castile and Aragon. And when you first learn about Joanna's childhood, you're like, yeah, seems like a normal princess childhood. She gets a Mm -hmm. good humanist education. She's very beautiful. Also, fun fact, she's uh, Catherine of Aragon's sister. So it's it's all coming up roses for Joanna. Until... It turns out her mom, Queen Isabella, was really into Catholicism. Like, her and her husband were called the Catholic rulers. Joanna, though, she's like a kind of a goth kid. She's like, I don't know, Mom. I don't know if I believe in the Lord. Hail Satan. (laughs) I don't know. Satanic panic and the Renaissance (laughs) throne. (laughs) To get Joanna to see the light, Queen Isabella has an interesting um, method. She tortures her. Hooray. She does this thing called La Cuerda, where she strings Joanna up and attaches heavy weights to her feet to, like, basically really screw up this girl's whole body and life. After all this, surprisingly, Joanna isn't like, I love God. (laughs) (laughs) However, she's a princess and no amount of childhood trauma is going to keep her from doing what she's got to do. That is, get engaged to a complete stranger when she's very, very young. Oh. So when Joanna is 16, she gets engaged to Philip the Fair of Flanders. That's promising. Better than Philip the Uggo. <laughs> there is like a couple really good memes of Philip the Handsome, Philip the Fair. They're the same guy. And people are like looking at his photo. They're like, mm, you sure? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Give him a Google. I'm not sure that I would give him that a positive. (laughs) And it's like, back then, I think that we were grading on a curve here. It's like, his teeth weren't decaying, you know? He was alive. (laughs) That's something. So at 16, Joanna travels to marry her debatably hot new husband. And oh my God, these teens are so horned up for each other. They, like, meet each other, and then they're like, okay, we're not waiting. Get us married right now so that we can go bang immediately. (laughs) That's a historical fact. They get married that day. It's not planned. So after that honeymoon period, however, uh, things immediately devolve. 
turns out Philip is a total horn dog. He cheats on Joanna constantly, Ugh. and as though that's not bad enough, Joanna is also constantly pregnant. So he's not just cheating on his wife; he's cheating on his pregnant wife. Ugh. What a guy! Hormones plus betrayal equals bad combo. Indeed. Joanna does not take Philip's betrayals well. There are claims that she used these love potions to try to get him back. And this is uh, really where we get the roots of her crazy reputation. This wild idea that she wanted her husband to stop cheating on her. She's insane. How dare she? (laughs) The 1400s. Not a great time for the ladies. And then we switch from romantic drama to family drama. So in very, very quick succession, Joanna's older brother dies, maybe of tuberculosis, maybe of, and I quote, sexual exertion. Oh, I want to go out like that. (laughs) He went out doing what he loved. (laughs) Then his wife is pregnant. When she gives birth, they're like, okay, it's fine. We still have an heir. But then the baby son dies. So that line is extinguished. Then Joanna's elder sister dies. Then her infant son dies. And so against all odds, Joanna is now next in line to the throne. Meanwhile, Philip is supporting his grieving wife by gallivanting around town, effectively calling himself the new king. Ugh, buddy. He is such a douche. No matter how low you go, he'll go lower. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as we're about to find out. So I do think Joanna did some legitimately unhinged things, at least on paper, as we'll see. But as we're saying, when you think about what Philip did and things he's about to do, you do kind of think like, God, wasn't this guy deranged? Or as my mom says about like really bad boyfriends, it's crazy making behavior. Oh, that's so good. It's like they're the source of it. And you are like running yourself around in circles. And then like you come off as the crazy ex-girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. So Philip is like the proto crazy making behavior dude we've all dated one (laughs) and case in point on that one joanna has a baby girl in 1498 and philip says that the newborn is a quote failure and that he won't support it in order to cut costs he then stops feeding joanna he basically just starves her for a while Joanna eventually has three children, at least at the point that we're at right now, including one son. Ooh, male heir, male heir, male heir. (laughs) Male heir, male heir. But Philip has all three of them shipped off to his sister, which totally breaks Joanna's heart. So awful. Ice cold. And maybe my favorite detail, Philip was really majorly insecure about the fact that it was his wife who had the real claim to the Spanish throne and any kind of power that he had had to come via her. So he would do stuff like when they were riding in an official procession, he would insist that his horse trot ahead of hers because that's what the the symbol that they were more powerful, what they would do. You know that if Philip lived in modern times, he would be that guy who like speeds up on a residential lane. And it's just like a Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, bud, go trot your horse. Does that matter to you? All right, fine. <laughs> um, the thing is, Joanna remained a boss through this entire time. They went on a trip home to visit her parents, and she showed a bunch of Spanish pride on the way there, and like everyone fell in love with her. She did this Spanish dance that was awesome, and even though Philip was really embarrassed by it, she was like, yeah, I know they love me. Like, I know I, I, know I can pull that off, and she did. However, this trip home to her parents doesn't end well. 
Her parents hate Philip, obviously. Why wouldn't you? And Philip throws a big hissy fit and ends up leaving in a huff, even though Joanna is then pregnant for the fourth time. So abandonment 101, just awful. Joanna does not deal with this. She starts slamming her body against walls. She refuses to eat. She's crying herself to sleep. She was really in love with Philip. And also, like, her entire family has died. I think this might also be that. It's like, okay, now here comes the trauma. Mm -hmm. Hello, darkness, my old friend. She can't chase after Philip because she's so heavily pregnant. So her worried parents um, lock her up in a castle. And this, wonder why, does not improve her mental health. She starts babbling in tongues and she's pacing around all day, as I would do if I was stuck in a castle for my life. Quarantine life. I'm basically doing that right now, baby. I'm with you, Joanna. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. How's our mental health these days, guys? (laughs) Yeah, now you get a sense of what Joanna's dealing with. (laughs) Then um, she gives birth to another son. Male heir. Male heir. Yay. Only. Uh, Good God. This is actually where it takes a worse turn. Because now that she's given birth, Joanna heads home to finally be reunited with Philip. Why you would want to go home to this man, I do not know. But (laughs) sure. Whatever, Joanna. But she did. And when she gets there, she makes a pretty gut-wrenching discovery. Philip has not only taken a mistress... He's taken an in-house mistress. He's basically moved her in as a live-in girlfriend. Fuck off. And this is where Joanna goes full Carrie Underwood. She hacks off the woman's hair with scissors and then stabs her in the face with the scissors. And in response, Philip beats her, locks her up again. And Joanna is like, I've been here before. So she goes (laughs) on a hunger strike and, and kind of forces him to let her out. Just ridiculous inner turmoil in this relationship. But for all that interior drama, Philip and Joanna were about to get some external drama too. Ooh, strap in, guys. Get ready for real-life Game of Thrones. There are no dragons, but pretty much everything else is here. (laughs) So, Joanna's mother, Queen Isabella, dies. And even though she had her issues, definitely abused our heroine Joanna, her death is sad because she's like one of Joanna's two remaining relatives. (laughs) And I personally am team Isabella for one simple reason, which is that I love pettiness and her will has to be the pettiest shit I've ever heard of. I'm obsessed with it. It's the best. Her will ignores that Philip even exists. Already, I'm on board. (laughs) Love you. Her will shades her own husband, King Ferdinand, by passing him over for the crown. I love it. (laughs) Isabella also is like, okay, I'm passing down my power to Joanna's son. And specifically, Joanna can be his regent until he is old enough to rule. Not Philip, not my husband, Ferdinand. That's a boss move. I love it. Like, she's a messed up lady. This will is iconic. She did one thing right. Yeah, she went out on a high note. (laughs) All right, that's it for me. So let's talk about Joanna's dad, a guy who just got absolutely slammed by his dead wife. Yes. And also like her literally only remaining relative pretty much. Oh my God. If you had to have one last relative standing, I would not want it to be this guy. Mm -mm. 
Joanna's dad is Ferdinand. Get used to that name. He's a big player in the rest of her life. He is an absolute tool. I hate him. Mm -hmm. Like Philip, he has always had a problem with the fact that he relied on his wife as part of his rule. And obviously, when you have this toxic masculinity, he gets really ticked about Queen Isabella's will. So his response is interesting. He starts a PR campaign claiming that he and Joanna are the rightful rulers by putting their faces on coins and like sending them through the land. It's like the real king and queen, Joanna and her dad. Creepy. Oh my God. But then Philip, he's like, gotta hit back. Gotta hit back. And he does the same thing. He's like, well, I can make coins about how me and Joanna are actually the king and queen. And Joanna's like, oh my God. This will show them. It's such high school pettiness. It's like high school pettiness with people with access to the royal mint. (laughs) Some men go to war. Some men... Collect coins. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna show them with my currency. (laughs) So when the currency wars don't work, Joanna's own dad turns on her. He starts saying, actually, Joanna's too nuts to rule. So, guys, I got to step up. What a snake. He also tries marrying a new French princess to boost his star and get, say it with me now, a male male, 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 male. But (laughs) (laughs) I love that this move backfires really hard because everyone loved Queen Isabella and knows the Ferdinand (laughs) sucks. Beautiful. Beautiful to me. So in 1505, Joanna and Philip decide that they're going to reclaim Castile. Joanna also dresses in black and says, oh, this outfit? I'm dressing in black because my father is symbolically dead. I love a Renaissance burn and this is up there. I also want to note that I've come across this move several times in history. Isabella um, of France did it with Edward II. Yes, her husband. It's like a move that women then would pull. Like, okay, what do I have at my disposal? I have... Basically, the clothes I wear and whatever children I can give birth to. And so you see again and again in history, women stealing their own children, but also dressing in black to like insult someone from afar. I love it. It's such a good move. However, at the end of the day, Joanna is really stuck between two awful men. She's got her dad, Ferdinand, who, as we have established, is a douchebag 101. She's got her husband, Philip, who, as we have also established, really, really sucks. And she ultimately decides to side with Ferdinand. Joanna sends her dad a letter saying they should unite to keep Philip from ruling, which is drama. Yeah, especially because she was like, she was into him, at least physically for a while, you know? Yeah, she literally rode into Castile with Philip. And then she's like, JK, Mm -hmm. gonna side with my slightly less bad dad, maybe, (laughs) we hope. Philip discovers the letter, locks Joanna up again, controls all her correspondence. But credit to Joanna, she's down but not out. When Philip and his men try to force her to sign a letter that effectively says, I want to give up my reign to my husband because I just love him so much. She outright refuses and they have to forge her signature. It's my gift to him. (laughs) My autonomy. You own me now. Is that just marriage? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Let's not go there. This next development really, really hurt. Philip and Ferdinand team up behind her back. And they decide to say that Joanna is crazy so that they can lock her up so that they can rule. Her own father and husband, people. They're still banging the crazy drum, trying every angle that they can, but it all includes Joanna's crazy. They really aren't that creative. 
We've got one strategy and we're sticking to it, people. Coins? Crazy. Coins? Crazy. <laughs> Custom currency or she's nuts. We have no other ideas. <laughs> The people of Castile, though, they know what's up. They refuse to lock Joanna up because they're like, look, we've talked to her. She's not crazy. I mean, you, on the other hand, <laughs> jury's out. You guys keep giving us coins so we can't use. Like, <laughs> oh. Despite all this, Philip somehow gets the crown in 1506. Ugh. But don't despair too soon. Then something strange happens. Philip, almost immediately after becoming king, attends a banquet drinks a big glass of water, and suddenly falls incredibly ill. He dies in 1506 at just 28 years old. Rest in pieces! In a stone-cold move, Joanna watches her husband die without shedding a tear. I'm like, my face right now, if you've ever seen the animated Grinch, there's like a slow smile that just like spreads across his yes. entire face, up from his chin to his forehead. That's me right now. <laughs> I love, love this. this. Yeah, like, here's what we know about her watching him die. She's like, no, I really want to be with him. But everyone who was there, like, wiping the royal brow, they're like, wow, she's just not breaking eye contact and defo not crying. Like, she just wanted to watch this man die. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep hearing her whisper, die. <laughs> Oh, and to answer your inevitable questions, no, we do not know officially that Philip was poisoned, but unofficially, if you have two brain cells to rub together, absolutely yes, and it was 100% Ferdinand. No further questions needed. Definitely Ferdinand. Of course. He probably laid two coins on his eyes. as a goodbye gift. <laughs> and they were the coins that said, Ferdinand to Joanna forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, to Philip's death, I say, hey, hey. But um, <laughs> Joanna did not have quite the same reaction. And this is despite her stone face, because she didn't cry. Mm -hmm. But her next moves are a little puzzling, given that first reaction. But we'll bring it all together in the end. So this is probably the most infamous part of Joanna's reign. And for good reason. It's quite bad shit. <laughs> so much of her madness is propaganda from the men in her life. But there are real signs coming up that maybe things aren't great she was six months pregnant at philip's death and wait she... no pause i'm sorry they were still banging throughout all this joanna honey uh, i guess i mean you know how it is sometimes you get dickmatized you just can't <laughs> quit it so yeah she's six months pregnant when philip dies and she refuses to leave his embalmed body her dad, Ferdinand, had to actually, like, almost physically separate her from it and just, like, bury the body really quickly so she'd, like, just get away from it. <laughs> what did Joanna do at that point? She exhumed the body. <laughs> just dug it right back up. And apparently, the minute the casket got opened, she leapt at Philip's corpse and kissed his feet. <laughs> just gonna let that one sink in there. Really messed up stuff, but... I actually am more disturbed by this next development. Joanna then goes on like a traveling show with the corpse. And let me tell you, Philip really did a number on her because she is still afraid that his rotting body will <laughs> cheat on her. She only travels during the night and she avoids nunneries because those bitches will steal her man. Oh my God, I love it. Just what? Like what? And... When Joanna did bury him, she put him right outside her window so his eye could wander no more. <laughs> and she'd always, always be able to look after him. Just 
I mean, there's a reason this is like one of the most notorious stories in history because that is incredible. I love it. But I do want to say that there might be a plot twist here. Mm. Was she mad when she did this? This all, this elaborate traveling corpse show could have been Joanna's way of saying, I'm still off the market, boys, because at the time, rich single women, especially like princesses, got abducted semi-frequently and forced into marriage. Like just sort of lords who wanted to make um, powerful allegiances would just steal them off. This happened to Mary Queen of Scots, quite possibly. I think it happened to Eleanor of Aquitaine, or it almost happened to her. This is like stuff that actually just happened to them. So if Joanna's saying like, no, I'm definitely a widow, I'm definitely in mourning, and also like, stay the fuck away from me because I might be crazy, (laughs) it gives her time and space to think about her next move. So just want to say your husband's rotting corpse was the medieval form of pepper spray. It definitely worked for (laughs) Joanna. She did not marry again. Just say it. This is like the apex of the podcast. It won't get better than your husband's rotting corpse equals medieval pepper spray. (laughs) We've hit our high point and it's all downhill from here, guys. Yeah, we gotta stop. Um, So this could have been a smart move, not an unhinged one. Just putting that out there. Too bad, though, her crappy dad was still in the picture. Because right after Philip dies, Ferdinand seizes power and all but imprisons Joanna in a castle. For 11 years. This woman has spent more time locked up in a castle than I care to think about. Just incredible. But this entire time she's there, Joanna never signs her power away, despite several attempts to get her to. So when Ferdinand finally fucking dies in 1516 without another heir, bye, bitch. Bye, boy. The crown passes to Joanna and her eldest son, Charles. Yay! Mm, but yay? 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 Yeah, no. Maybe not so much. Charles clearly inherited genes from his dad's side. He immediately betrays Joanna upon getting the crown. He locks her up again. He makes sure that she's watched constantly by a nun squad. Nun squad. He also doesn't let her enjoy sunlight because <laughs> he just goes full supervillain. She's only allowed in windowless rooms. Charles also never tells Joanna that her father has died. Oh my god. Get this. This is like full-on serial killer shit. He makes her write letters to her dead father (gasps) and then makes his men forge replies. What the fuck, guy? Oh my god. He also takes her only solace, her daughter Catherine, away, leaving Joanna entirely alone. This is amateur hour if you're Joanna. She just goes on a hunger strike and gets Catherine back. (laughs) (laughs) I love her hunger strikes. Look, she works with what she has. Clothing, food, babies. Yeah. (laughs) And here, get ready for the absolute worst bookend moment in the entire world. Do you remember how at the very top of the episode we told you that Joanna's mother tortured her into finding God? Well, when Joanna refuses to go to mass in her confinement... Charles brings that back. He tacitly encourages his men to torture his mother. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. This guy's out of the will. (laughs) But Joanna (laughs) never breaks. However, in her final year, she does go a little loopy. She starts dressing in monk's robes. She says a jungle cat ate her mom. (laughs) She also says that the nuns (laughs) tried to poison her. I honestly buy that one. Nuns are evil. (laughs) 
They'll steal your man and they're evil. Nun squad. And in 1520, this is just a really, really weird footnote. Uh, There's a rebellion that randomly breaks Joanna out of her nun jail and puts her back on the throne. But then Joanna's like, actually, I'm good, guys. Put me back in prison. It's very, very strange. It's probably been way better than her life out there, right? She's like, oh, she's like that guy in Shawshank Redemption who gets out of jail and then can't handle the real world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very sad. So Charles makes super sure that no one else can break his mom out. He locks his mother up at Tordesillas for 35 years. And Joanna dies in captivity on April 12th, 1555. She is 75 years old. And she spent most of her life at this point, probably, in a castle jail. With the nun squad. (laughs) Nun squad. Nun squad. So let's talk about Joanna's legacy. Was she crazy? Here we go. So she definitely had a genetic predisposition to mental illness. Her, like, great, 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 great times 10 grandpa actually dug up his old girlfriend and made her corpse into the queen. It was a whole thing. Hmm, that's, that's familiar. That sounds similar. Yeah, I know. Rings a bell. Also, um, her mom's religious fervor. You know, I just, there's something going on in that line. But also, like, come on. No, no. Obviously, no, Joanna is not just crazy. She was called crazy because men wanted her power. And mm-hmm, if she did mm-hmm. go insane, it was probably because she got locked up by the people who were supposed to protect her for decades on end. So I'm going to say that's on them, not Joanna. Agreed. If you ask me, Juana La Loca is not the nickname I would give her. I suggest a rebrand. I would say Joanna the Unjustly Maligned. And I would also, I have a few more suggestions for the history books. Philip the Fair? Mm -mm. Philip the Douche. Ferdinand the Tool and Charles the Butthole. I rest my case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I I co-sign 100%. And I shall refer to them as that and nothing else from now on. Yes, Charles the Butthole. May you rest in fucking pieces. (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to yesterday's news a podcast brought to you by factneak.com if you want to learn more about joanna and why wouldn't you check out our article on her the link is in the show notes please leave us a review on the itunes store and tell your friends about the podcast we'll be back next week with another iconic queen to tell you about until then don't let the bland textbooks fool you history was a damn soap opera Mm mm-hmm